Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Anne Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to a new year. Welcome to 2020. I obviously took a little bit of a break since the holidays. Lots of crazy things going on with my family and busy with the holidays. And in some cases, just having fun with my family. So we are back in the new year. And as this big kind of monumental year started, 2020, lots of reminiscing has been going on in some of my homeschool groups and talking with people about homeschooling and how far we've come, how far we still need to go. And that really got me thinking about the 15 years or so that I have been homeschooling and how we started and how far homeschooling has come. It has really been amazing. And I kind of just wanted to kind of review a little bit about where we've come from and where we are now to kind of put some things into perspective, especially since like Facebook groups and Instagram have become so prominent, I think, in the homeschool uh, lifestyle or just the way it works because we rely so much on other people's feedback and reviews and advice and seeing what people are doing and kind of just checking out how other people do things and things like that, that a lot of people that are newer and even those that have been doing it for long term, I think they just don't realize how lucky we are now with many of the resources that are available to us and just the the range of opportunities that we have. So I kind of just wanted to start talking about that a little bit, like especially the last, especially the last decade, but even starting in 2000 for the last two decades. We started with a pretty slim selection of homeschool materials. It was certainly a growing market, but most of the curriculum and programs out there were Christian publishers, not a huge amount of variety beyond the, quote, school at home model with textbooks and workbooks. Sometimes unit studies were mentioned, and that was kind of growing a little bit. That was probably the main kind of variation for the times in the early 2000s. And there was a little bit of secular material out there, but most people were just secularizing Christian uh, publisher materials because that was the main source of information out there. But as homeschooling became more known, more curriculum, more programs were developed. I know there was a lot of homeschool moms that were starting to develop homeschool programs themselves based on all the feedback that They were getting from these different social media. At that point, I think it was mainly Yahoo groups. But a lot of, you know, the feedback people were taking and developing their own programs, which were, which was a wonderful thing for them to do, as well as very needed in the homeschool community. So the other thing that we really started out with, and this is even hard to even remember for a lot of people, we've always thought of the internet as just being part of our lives now. I think it's just, it's hard to remember before the internet, right? But when I first started homeschooling, I remember we had 
60 minutes a month of internet service. Is that just insane to think about that now? I remember I would have to send a timer and I would try to do these searches on mothering a magazine forum. I don't know if anybody used that, but that was my lifeline for information for the longest time. Such a great resource. And I would just set this timer and try to search. And of course, we had slow internet, so it would take forever for things to load. And then later on, the Well-Trained Mind Forum was huge, which it still is, but that was a huge source of information for me, specifically for homeschool information. And we had such little time to be able to search and take in information. And thankfully, you know, technology caught up with the times and advanced quickly, and then there was no more limits like that on on internet service. Thank goodness for that. And I think when the end of kind of the uh, that first decade in the 2000s, things really started to speed up. And just in the last decade, since like 2010, it seems like it has just been like a snowball rolling down the hill, just getting bigger and bigger, which is wonderful. And we've seen so many more parents come to homeschooling due to outside influences such as the vaccine laws, like in California. That's been a huge thing for us in the last just one or two years. Obviously, school shootings and safety, bullying, sometimes oppressive or discriminatory school policies, which is, again, has been going on for a long time, but even I feel like it's more prominent in the media now, so we're more aware of it. And while it's been frustrating and challenging to have to make a decision like this to homeschool based on some of these issues that were kind of beyond our control, so many parents have exercised their rights and taken a stand to show that these practices and issues are not acceptable and they will take other choices for the best interest of their children. And I think that's really, really huge. Now, obviously, many people homeschool not for those issues, but just because it was best for their children and their learning style and things like that, which is still they're exercising their right to do what's in the best interest of their child. And I think that is such a huge and wonderful step that we have taken to show that we don't have to stay with the status quo. We don't have to do what everybody else is doing. We don't have to do the thing that everybody's done because that's the way they've always done it. And we turned out just fine. I hate it when I hear things like that. It's, it's not the same. And I know everybody says, oh, my kid went to school and they turned out just fine. You should send your school, kid to school too. No, no, not everybody is the same. And no, I'm not doing what everybody else did because I think their kid turned out fine, because in many cases, not everybody turned out fine. They just didn't necessarily share it with everyone. But no, they had struggles, and they had problems, had difficulties, challenges. They just may not have shared it with their parents. And as we all know, it, it shows down the line where people could very well have had a different life if perhaps different choices had been made when they were earlier, and we're doing that for our children now. So getting back to resources, so kind of also starting around 2010 and continuing through this last decade has been the rise in online 
programs for homeschoolers. Many parents may not feel qualified to teach their children or they simply didn't know what to do if they had to bring them home to learn and they wanted resources to do it for them when at all possible or at least to kind of get started while they figured things out. So there's lots of online programs that now that are kind of, in some cases, they're kind of like school at home and they're just going through the lessons and core subjects online. But in some cases, they're not like that. They're maybe just like out school has specific uh, classes and programs based on kids' interests. They might just take a class on fossils or oceans or math or writing or whatever it might be. So there's such a huge variety now of online, online learning. And this is still a growing area in homeschool. There is, they're continuously like, I don't know that a week goes by where someone's not asking for a different kind of online program to meet their kids' needs. And they haven't found one that meets all their criteria currently, which shows that there's always more to be done, more to be developed. And I think there's probably always programs being tweaked and modified and looked into that we aren't even aware of. So I would anticipate even more online programs coming to the forefront in the next couple years. Another thing that I've seen is the slow move from, I guess you could say, labeled homeschooling to a more eclectic one. It seemed like for a while, especially, I don't know, kind of mid-2000s, it was really popular to pick a style of homeschooling, such as classical or Charlotte Mason or Waldorf or whatever it might be. And you were kind you classified yourself. And that's kind of, you tried to kind of stick with whatever the, the curriculum or programs would fit that label of homeschooling, which I get it. I mean, I, I understand why, but I feel like this was more often from a standpoint of you know, finding resources that just worked all together like a package deal. And of course, it was a way to find like-minded people online or locally. But I feel like even though these styles and these groups certainly still exist, and they're still a great resource, I'm not saying they're not, but I see a shift to being more eclectic, that more eclectic mindset of doing whatever works for each child. You might do have one kid that's more classical and more rigorous and likes to do kind of the school at home. And then you may have another kid that's unschooly and does things way different. And you might have another kid that is, you know, more Charlotte Mason and more nature and short lessons and, you know, whatever it might be. I think more parents are open to more styles and doing whatever works for them. And I think that's really key. I think that's important. And I think for some people, especially maybe new and starting out, you know, they're kind of, they need that lifeline, right, of a style that might work for them. And so that they kind of grab onto that style and they use that as their, as their guide. And I totally understand that. And then as they get more comfortable and they get to know their kids' learning styles and what works best for them, then they start to shift a little bit out of that. And maybe go outside of their comfort zone a little bit to see what else might work for them. And I think that's also one of the big benefits to all the different social media groups, Facebook groups, is that people can see what else is out there and see what is going on, see what people are using successfully and not so successfully. 
and then it kind of just broadens their horizons. And speaking of Facebook groups and things like that, I know some of you might laugh about this, but as a whole, I think we have become more opinionated, maybe not to the better. Now, obviously, we all have opinions. I'm not saying we don't. And of course, that's fine. But my gosh, the level of my way versus your way on Facebook groups and social media has just seems to me kind of to become out of control and just a little crazed. I mean, I agree that there's always been disagreement about different issues. And, and, you know, you may do it your way, I may do it my way. And, you know, but it just seems like the level of disrespect and has increased because people are hidden behind their screens. And I just feel like that's one bad thing about the homeschool changes, I guess, is just that I feel like there's just not as much respect for other people's way of doing things. And that's kind of sad and it's kind of frustrating because there have been homeschool groups that I've just left very quickly when I realized how volatile and how crazed some of these groups can be. I much rather be on groups that are more respectful and obviously people have different differing opinions and different outlooks on things and I I'm glad about that. I want to see different sides of things. But there's a way to do that with with respect and there's a way to do that without. And I guess I just feel like that's one of the uh, few detriments that has occurred over the last decade for sure. Another change is in the community at large. We have more resources available to us than ever before with community classes, field trips, partnerships with community organizations or community businesses like art classes and dance and all those kinds of things. We have partnerships with libraries and community colleges, and even in some cases, private schools. I know I am really lucky that we have a private school here that kind of created a a separate entity because you can't be registered in two schools at once. Obviously, it's you can't do that, or at least not in California. But they they this private school kind of created a a separate entity so that homeschools could not register with the school, but they could kind of register with this learning program and they could attend classes regularly there for core classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So for things like math and science and English and history. So they're going to this private school regularly, three days a week. They just don't go on Tuesday and Thursdays when they do the elective kinds of classes like computers and um, other classes. And they are getting, so it's kind of an alternative to school, I guess you could say, because it's only three days a week and you're not paying private school tuition. You're paying a lower, a lower rate. I guess you could say you're not getting all the maybe amenities of the private school, which is fine by me, but just alternatives like that, like working with, with community businesses and, and private schools and things like that. Like to me, that is the wave of the future. Like that is a, exactly where education should be going to be coming up with these alternatives and these different ways of kids that different ways that kids can learn that best meets their needs. 
And sometimes, like, I will, to- I have four kids, I have homeschooled all of them, but, you know, I have one that he prefers going to school. However, he doesn't want to go to the giant local public middle school, and we can't afford the private schools. And we found a private school that was great, but it's 21 grand a year, and that's his college tuition, and it's just kind of crazy. And so this, this three-day-a-week alternative meets his needs perfectly. It met his need for having teachers teach him subjects that I could not teach him as well, and I fully accept that, acknowledge that. But yet some of the, the shorter-term uh, homeschool resource classes that we had that maybe met only like once a week, like maybe for an hour or an hour and a half, those were not meeting his needs. That was not enough for him. He wanted this happy medium between this, you know, 1,500 student public school with massive amounts of homework. And he wanted something between that and homeschooling, which was mostly independent, which he kind of struggled with doing everything independent. And he didn't really care for the online programs. So this is like a perfect happy medium for him. It's not going to work for other people, but it works great for him and a lot of other homeschoolers that are using this program. So again, we have all these opportunities that we didn't have before, these partnerships that kids can do these, these classes and these opportunities, these mentorships. You know, obviously some areas have more resources than others. I mean, I'm really lucky to live where I live, that they, we have all these opportunities. And even when I lived in the Midwest, when I lived in Iowa, we had quite a few. We, I happened to live in like the most popular homeschooling uh, county in the whole state, I think. So that was another kind of lucky break. So we did have quite a few opportunities there as well. But I know other areas that are not as populated or don't have all those opportunities. However, it is something that people can look into on their own and start. I know when I lived in Washington, even though we did have quite a few homeschool resources, um, I remember us talking with Park and Rec and some other places that didn't have anything set up and requesting things, and we got it set up. We got homeschool swimming lessons, and we got a different um, kind of camp kind of opportunities during the day at a local park and we got things set up because we asked. So I definitely always encourage people, even if you don't think you have a lot in your area, be the first one to approach places. Obviously, most of them are going to want a minimum. You know, they might need at least five kids or 10 kids to make it worth their staff time and and resources. But you got to start somewhere. You got to just go for it and see what you can get going. Finally, I think the best thing that has changed is that more kids than ever are getting an individualized education that fits their needs best. No more suffering in silence in a classroom or parents being told that their children can't be taught or they're not paying attention or whatever, that they're, quote, you know, not normal and they don't fit into that classroom model. And all of that was really not the case. The child just needed something different. And I like to think that we have more creative, happy, curious, well-rounded kids than ever due to homeschooling 
and what it can do for each individual one. So as I look back now on kind of what I was saying, I guess it sounds a bit like a retrospective infomercial on homeschooling, and that's not really what I intended, but I did want to point out how far we've come. We've come a long way, baby, right? Like we have come so far and it's so great. And I know that there will be even more improvements in the future. And so I just think it's a, we're in a great place. We're in a great place to educate our children. We are in a great place to educate ourselves. And I'm really thrilled to be where we are. So that is what I wanted to share today. Hope it gave a little bit of food for thought for you. I hope you will keep listening. I have some more episodes ready to go for the next couple of weeks. I'll still be putting them out every other week. And I hope you'll check me out on Instagram at Latte Books to Read. I share books and other things that we have been doing in our homeschool life. Check me out on Facebook if you can at Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I post links and different interesting things related to homeschooling on there as well. If you have not already left me a review, I would greatly appreciate that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps get the word out. The more reviews you get, kind of it bumps you up in the search so that people can find you a little bit easier. So I would greatly appreciate if you enjoy the show, if you'd leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you have any topics you would like me to address, please let me know. You can send me an email. All the information's in the show notes, or you can even drop me a note on Instagram. That would be great too. So I hope you have a great rest of the day. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.